Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian, a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. It's just the two of us again. In the nook. In the nook. Um, we're back in basically the closet that we used to record in. I think we, it's very cozy. We can't fit a guest in here, so but we can fit ourselves. And we have a very cozy episode indeed for you today. Mm-hmm. We'll be discussing the number one ladies detective agency written by Alexander McCall Smith. Um, but before we get to that, we are going to start with uh, sharing things that we're grateful for, which is, okay, so we did that for Thanksgiving, and that fit the theme of Thanksgiving, because Thanksgiving is all about giving thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. Yep, it is. But then we thought afterward, we were talking about it, that feels cozier to do than resentments. Yeah, a lot more cozier, though it's nice to get the resentments. And I realized through this process that I have a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It was therapeutic. But then it would get me all riled up and it, for me, wasn't as easy to get cozy. Yeah. Well, and I I wondered for our listeners if it's also just cozier if we talk about nice things, pleasant things. Um, But also let us know if you feel differently and you want Mm -hmm. the resentments to be released again. Yeah. I love feedback. I like hearing from I'd like to know, like, what do you want? Do you want us to share things that we're grateful for? Or things that we are not grateful for at all that we, in fact, resent. Let us know. But today we're going to go ahead and continue the Thanksgiving tradition into December. Yeah, very timely. Yes, with things that we're grateful for. And I, I, that preposition at the end of it, I, we need to find a new title that's bothering me. We'll figure that out. I don't have a sound for this. I, I did before. It was the rainstorm and then the sunny day. I guess Oh yeah. we'll just start with the sunny day because we're already... We're already feeling grateful and and pleasant. Yeah. Jillian, what are you feeling grateful for this week? Public libraries. I Yeah, I had been going to this one library and public library in Highland Park where I used to live as a neighborhood in Los Angeles. And then I, in the process of moving, had misplaced a book. So I had to make good with the library system, public library system. And once I did, I got back into the swing of going to public libraries weekly um and i just realized how much that public libraries are community hubs as much as they are for getting books and i've been seeing a lot of weird tweets about how public libraries aren't necessary anymore really yeah just how um you know who do you follow i know i saw it in like people debating other people i wasn't following an anti-library person i would never do (laughs) um and so i went to Silver Lake Public Library and I saw their schedule for the month and they had a, a session on girls who code and all these great uh, yoga, all this different stuff for people to participate in. And the librarians were so nice. And it's always such a lovely space to go into. Everyone's pretty pleasant. I went in uh, to the Echo Park one the other day. Probably I'm doing a tour of Los Angeles <laughs> Public Libraries. Catch Jillian at a library near you. <laughs> yeah. She's on her way. And one of the librarians helped me for 30 minutes trying to locate this one book that they thought that was on the shelf it was a miscommunication it wasn't on the shelf but that all that energy put into me finding a book was so sweet and yeah everyone at any public library i've ever been to have been so helpful and kind so grateful for that that's excellent and actually really appropriate because for this book that we're going to discuss today it's actually the first book i've checked out from a library mm-hmm. in a long time i've gotten into the nasty habit of buying books so whenever mm-hmm. I want to read something, I go to Amazon, which is probably the nastiest place to buy a <laughs> book. Yeah, I, I, I need to go to the library more because, first of all, I'm wasting money. 
Yeah. And also it felt great just holding a library book. It's nice. The permabound thing. The whole situation was excellent. Or finding it, just locating it. Is, yeah. Oh, it's here. Right. It's really nice. Going going into the stacks felt mm-hmm. great. Uh, for me this week, I'm grateful for Amy Sedaris, who is the comedian and actress and writer. And she has a new show out called At Home with Amy Sedaris, which mm-hmm. is kind of a satirical take on cooking shows and craft shows are you familiar yeah. with Amy Sedaris yeah I am show? yeah have you watched at home I've never watched at home but I watched a, another skit with her where she pretends to be this bizarre character I don't know how to she's always a bizarre yeah. character do you mean strangers with candy yes that yeah. that's that's what I'm talking I've seen that that's how I fell in love with Amy Sedaris was through strangers with candy this is her new show, and it's it's more herself, but not really. I mean, she, she and she does do a lot of characters, and there's the lady that lives in the woods who they cut to, and she shows you how to do woodland crafts, and mm-hmm. she's always bickering with her girlfriend. <laughs> it's It's very funny and cozy and manages to kind of straddle that line between sort of making fun of that kind of stuff, but also clearly loving it. And it's currently my my favorite cozy show. It's on True TV if you want to check it out. She has a really nice personality, too. Absolutely, yeah. A little, a little edgy, sometimes in inappropriate ways, but, I mean, that's what makes her act incredibly funny. Yeah, she's endearing. We love Amy Sedaris, and that brings us to Cozy Locations. My Cozy Location this week is Ojai, California. Oh, I've always wanted to go. Yeah, I finally went a couple of weeks ago, and it was wonderful. I mean, it, it felt like... It felt like Palm Springs, but with stuff to do. Yeah, there's there's literally nothing to do in Palm Springs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe maybe our experience is limited. It, fe- it feels like when you go to Palm Springs in California, the main thing that people do there is rent a house. Mm-hmm. Which, stay by the, It's a desert. You stay by the pool. You don't want to really stray far. You could die of thirst in the desert mm-hmm. and no one will find you. You'll be, your bones will be bleached <laughs> yeah. by the sun, you know? Um, but Ojai is... A little bit has more going on, mm-hmm. I think, but you still have that sh- the striking mountains around it, and the town has a wineries and breweries, and this like wonderful bike path that kind of runs through it that you can just hop on a bike and go anywhere in town. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe the coziest place that I visited in Ojai was a bookstore Ooh. called Bart's Books, which is a used and new bookstore. And what's especially cool about it is that it's outdoor, so mm-hmm. oh. Ooh, open air so bookstore neat. but it does beg the question of like how do you keep them t- safe keep them safe and keep them in good condition when they're exposed to the elements like even if you put a tarp over it i mean there's still like the sun is you know degrading them slowly every day unless someone maybe every night carts them in no there's no way there's t- it's really large oh okay. I, if it were small i would maybe think they just like clear the shelves and bring mm-hmm. them in but that, that can't happen because it is genuinely a gigantic bookstore. I would love to go there. It yeah, so it's like a maze, but you're outdoors. It's it's really nice. So if you're in Ojai, stop by the wineries, um, stop by Bart's Books. It's a really cozy place to be. That sounds perfect. Hmm, now I'm gonna be dreaming of Bart's Books. <laughs> uh, that name doesn't sound cozy to me because no, I think not of Bart, at all. I think of Bart Simpson or like some sort of some sort of pirate or just yeah Bart and drunk Bart. Bar- yeah, <laughs> it's too hard. It's a hard bark. It's a harsh word. Yeah, I don't like. But it. it's not a harsh place. So visit if you have the chance. Um, my cozy location is kind of broad. Um, I just think airports are the coziest locations 
because um, wasn't that Zach Zach Heltzel had that cozy location? Oh, he remember? did. Oh God, yeah. I'm stealing it. You're stealing I it. Don't you know, even remember. He's not listening. Just yeah. steal it. <laughs> yeah, oh, I think yeah we had a long discussion about. Oh no, I don't want to bore the listeners and rehashing the airport coziness, but it's on my mind because I'm going on a plane on Tuesday, which is just a few days away. I love that it has all the crappy restaurants. You have your Panera, your probably TJI Fried. Is that TJF Fried? What the hell? Sorry. What was I don't think you even swore there. Um, yeah, I, it's TGIF. TGI Fridays. Okay, yeah. I said TGI Friday. Thank God it's Friday. Yes. Um, has like all those, you know, restaurants that you want to indulge in once in a while that are super gross and you can just relax in and not be judged because everyone, yeah. everyone else is going there. And everyone else is gross in an airport. Yeah, There's no judgment. I just like how everyone is just in it together. Everyone's gross. Everyone's shuffling through. You can look at all where all the planes are going, all different destinations. I just find it cozy. I like sitting there with my laptop waiting for the plane, just putzing around. Being in transit to me is one of the coziest things because Same. you're sort of in this unreachable state mm-hmm. where you actually just get to sit with your thoughts or read a book and no one can reach you because... yes. You know, there's no Wi-Fi or I'm not going to mm-hmm. pay for the Boingo hotspot that they yeah, make each charge. it's like $40. It's crazy. I mean, I, now I feel like there are more and more airlines that are offering free Wi-Fi. Yeah. Which, frankly, I kind of wish they wouldn't. I mean, I, I, I would like this to be a Wi-Fi free zone mm-hmm. where people can actually just sort of unplug. Yeah. But that's, I, I like when I'm flying in a metal tube across the sky, I don't want to be connected to the Internet. You know, that's, that's, that's my personal preference. Yeah. All right. So that brings us to our main event, <laughs> the, the thing we're here to discuss, uh, the number one ladies detective agency. So this is a long running series. It started, I think this book was written in 1998. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure when it was first written. I, we just got the recommendation from, and, from, from listeners. Yeah. Not, I don't, not Jane Bond, not Jane I believe. Bond, yes. Which I, I think is her, 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 her real name. <laughs> yeah. So, Jillian, can you describe sure. what, is, what is this book about? So, we read the first book in this series. It follows, um, forgive me if my pronunciation is not correct, Madame Ramatswe. Ma Ramatswe. Ma Ramatswe. Yeah, I, I don't think... But the I, translation is... Sometimes like, they say Madame, but I, I think okay. mostly it's just Ma. Like it's Okay. Like, yeah, that's the, the title. In my head, I was reading it as Mama. But <laughs> <laughs> it's Ma Ramatswe. And it follows her as she sets up her uh, detective agency because she uh, got a lot of money or inheritance from her father who had passed away. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of cattle in Botswana. Yeah, and yeah, Botswana. And we learn that Mama Rwatswe had always wanted to get into detective work because she's a very observant person. And she goes on to say that women in general are very observant, and that's why they would make for good detectives. Mm-hmm. And she gets a little bit of heat in the beginning for being a woman running a detective agency. But like most characters in the Cozy Mysteries, uh, she's a strong woman and she soldiers on and she solves all these cases, big and small. And she has a secretary and a love interest. Yes. I don't rem- I don't recall his name. JLB. Yeah. Um, he runs an auto body shop. Yeah. Yeah. So... The pacing of the book's a little bit different than other Cozy Mystery series in the sense where it's little vignettes of cases that she solves as opposed to one long-running case. And this book also delves deep into her his personal history and sets up 
who she is as a person. Whereas in other cozy mysteries we've read, they don't really go dive that deep back into their backstory. Yeah, we get her family history with yeah. her father. There's, there are chapters dedicated to her father's past and her mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also it goes into a little bit of uh, backstories for her father and mm-hmm. her um, her father's cousin, I believe. Yes, who I think took them in. I was a little confused by that point, like who raised them, but I think after the mother died, I believe she lived with the cousin. Yeah, well, the cousin came to live with her and the father. Okay. And then the cousin got married, and so she spent, like, a few years living at the cousin's house when she got married. Ah, uh, okay. So, and it does a great job of setting a scene of Botswana. I, I, I had never read a cozy mystery set in Africa. No, this is the first for me as well. Yeah, so that was really interesting. But I think it still hits all the cozy mystery notes. Yeah. Um, you know fumbling around at times as she tries to get her footing with the detective agency being doubted yes uh that's common too and also a lot of reference to tea and food lots of tea a lot of bush tea yeah and pumpkin stew yeah to me the food was the coziest thing about the book Mm -hmm. and just the amount of times they stopped to drink tea was so many times yeah so many times and she would always ask her clients who come in like do you want some tea but I loved it. Like I, I, the the coziest I felt was like when the clients would come in and sit with uh, Precious is her first name, mm-hmm. but everyone just says Ma Ramatswe. Yeah, yeah, and she and they just talk and drink mm-hmm. tea and or even those quiet moments where she's described as sitting at home, just sort of sitting still. Yeah, was very peaceful. Yeah, I, like we also set the scene for where she's actually sitting, which is great too. She's on the veranda. She's listening to all the animals in the night right. as she's sipping her tea. So I, I think the author, Alexander McCall Smith, mm-hmm. does a great job of, you know, setting those little scenes right. where she's in, in relaxation mode or just going about her daily life. I, I loved the confidence of Ma Ramatswe. Mm-hmm. Also, just the sort of idiosyncrasies mm-hmm. of her character, like she hates dogs. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that she was funny. Really hates she dogs. really hates dogs. She really hates snakes. Mm-hmm. That's a more relatable, yeah, disgust. But yeah, I, I thought there were some really interesting quirks that mm-hmm. he gave her, and and she does struggle. Like there, there's a, a funny episode where a woman comes in to see if her husband is cheating on her, and. Ma Ramatswe's solution to that is to go and photograph herself kissing the, her husband. I, I was laughing out loud at that, and I knew you were going to bring that up because I was thinking of you. I was reading it. Because yeah. Just, we have similar sense of humor, and it just really cracked me up. Like, that was her solution. Like, sometimes right. she doesn't have the most easiest way to get the information, the yeah. most sensible way to get the information that she needs. But out of all the things she could do, inviting the husband back to her house and kissing and photographing yeah sorry but and going back to the the way the book is laid out it is done in these vignettes like you were saying Mm -hmm. where you have like one chapter mysteries and they're pretty straightforward oh yeah they're i mean they're not they're very predictable and in fact i would go far so far as to say that the mysteries in this novel aside from the slightly longer running one about an abducted boy yeah are more like fables or Oh, that's a good way. Tales of, of morality. Uh, yeah, that's a good way of describing like, it. Like, than actual mysteries. Yeah. Um, because the information comes quite easily to her. And there's not a lot of 
you know, wondering what's happening. Yeah. It just sort of unfolds in a couple of pages. And also in other cozy mysteries that we've read recently, the accused always divulges information within seconds. Yes. <laughs> they get themselves away within minutes. And all of the punishment is done outside of the police, even mm-hmm. if they're doing very serious things like abduction. defrauding, abduction. Like, yeah, actually nothing is solved with any sort of police intervention, even when it involves the abduction of a little boy. <laughs> or murder. It's, it's all the people are so contrite. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that, agreeable. Yeah, agreeable. Um, but that kind of brings me to maybe one of the things that I didn't, quite like about the series which is and maybe it goes into the writing style which on the one hand is very warm and peaceful and i can see definitely why people feel cozy reading this Mm -hmm. like it's written in a really cozy warm peaceful way like it's it's slow and in a good way Mm -hmm. but on the other hand the characters are written in such a way and i think it's the fable quality of that Mm -hmm. where the dialogue is a little unnatural Mm -hmm. and the descriptions are kind of straightforward it felt certain at certain points like i was reading winnie the pooh what i'm trying to say is that sometimes it felt like the characters were very naive and childish in a way that this is where i address the elephant in the room where it's like this is a a white british author writing about an an african woman Mm -hmm. at certain points when the characters felt childish it kind of felt patronizing Mm -hmm. a little bit yeah did you did you feel that at all? Yeah, that is something I definitely did notice and wonder about, and I googled it, and there has been some issues with um, his writing, and some people have also brought that out and have confronted that issue, and it's definitely something worth bringing up and discussing. And I, I do believe that he grew up in South Africa himself. He was born in Rhodesia at the time, now Zimbabwe. Okay, so... Um, so he was born in Africa. I think he spent most of his life in Scotland. Yeah, yeah. But he taught in Botswana at a law school for mm-hmm. three or four years. He's lived there. I mean, I think he knows these people, and he is writing from experience. Yeah. And he, there is a clear love for Botswana oh, oh, oh. and the people in the country. It's pouring out. I, I think the, like... You know, as writers ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, like ourselves, sorry. Um, it, whenever you're trying to write about something that is familiar to you, but maybe not a person, it, it's not your own experience. Right. It's familiar, but it's not your own experience. Yeah. There's always that possibility that you could be patronizing yeah. or inadvertently a- offensive, you know, in that way. Yeah, it was on my mind while I was reading it. It did feel like at certain points, because of the writing style more than anything else, where going back to like the way that the the villains sort of just admit that they're wrong and then everyone's like, well, now you have learned a valuable lesson. It just sort of felt like, are you writing about children that have no adult complexity? And that could just be the the style and, and that's that's all there is to it. But it attracts that kind of critical analysis when you think about Africa's colonial history. There's like something about the writing style that reminded me of it, that itself felt colonial. Yeah, if that makes sense. I think like I would like to read his other works that are outside of the series mm-hmm. to see if that just might be yeah. his his writing style. Right. Because you know I don't I don't really know. I mean, and there's moments also where I I think there are points where the writing was inconsistent where. 
some of his phrases or, you know, writing would stand out to me. And I would Mm -hmm. be like, wow, that's a really great sentence. And I would be moved by it. And there's other times where you said it was very like straightforward, really wasn't, um, I would, I, oh, he's a, you know, a great writer. He's very lyrical. Um, but he would go back and forth in between those two extremes, I'd say. There were some right. phrases that were really, I thought, very beautiful and well-written. And then other parts, it was, yeah, straightforward, especially when it came to the dialogue. He's not unaware of this controversy. I was, I was watching an interview with him um, on a video segment done by Journeyman Pictures. Um, and he describes growing up at the tail end of the British Empire and his own feeling of responsibility for colonialism. It's on his mind. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. And in his interview, his words were that he felt an obligation to mm-hmm. the place. And his books were an attempt to address that. Mm-hmm. When asked his main objective for the book, it really was to change the grim view that Westerners tend to have oh, yeah. about Africa. Which and makes so, sense. I mean, I think some of the rose colored aspects of the way he dis- depicts Africa and Botswana that maybe sometimes results in the characters feeling a little naive Mm -hmm. is a result of his commitment to painting the place in a positive light. Yeah, I could see that angle. Even so far as there's one point where one of the characters, he's raising his nieces and nephews and trying to pay for them because his sister died of AIDS. Mm -hmm. He never says the word AIDS. Like it is not, it's not said, you blink and you miss it. It's referred to as the disease that's sweeping the country. Wasn't that, I think that's though how a lot of people still even see or that weird way people view AIDS even today. Right. Like it's still something that. Well, it it felt like, I mean, in this interview he was talking about how he, it was very intentional. Like he, he does not address AIDS, the AIDS crisis in Africa head on in his, in his words, because he feels like other people are drawing attention to that, you know, in a great way. He doesn't feel like his, that's his purpose with the books. Take that for what you will. But he also has volunteered lots of his time working at orphanages that are filled with children who are ho- like homeless because of AIDS. Um, he's a so complex guy. He's very complex. He's not. Yeah. He's not. He's not unaware of these issues. He's not unaware of the complexity of of doing what he's doing and and all the the different things that are happening in Africa. He's very well acquainted with that, and it's clear in his writing. He has such a love for the place and mm-hmm. a deep knowledge of what's going on. So it's definitely not out of ignorance. Any of it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just worth addressing. Of course, yeah. There's, there's, there, it, it, it just is a part of this book that is on your mind if you're really thinking about the dynamic that's happening. Yeah, I think we we had a text a little bit about before. Because yeah. I had, when I was reading it, I, out of curiosity, I Googled it because I was like, you know what, there has to be something about this. And yeah. there, there, there are a lot of articles with his thoughts on it and uh, readers who have noticed the same issues that we have. So mm-hmm. definitely worth noting, but... Um, you know, that being said, I, I did find it enjoyable. I personally like the pacing of it because sometimes with uh, the other cozy mysteries that we've read, it can get a little bit too drawn out. You yeah. already figured out who the the killer probably is. And so it was nice to see the vignette uh, of it. Um, I, I wonder if that's how the other books in the series are also... Uh, ordered if they're yeah. just is styled like vignettes i'd be curious it definitely sets them apart as cozies mm-hmm. you mentioned an unevenness of tone at mm-hmm. certain points the one uneven aspect of this book for me was you have this sort of through line mystery of 
a witch doctor who has abducted a little boy to use for magic. Muti, I, I think is how they, like they refer to like the, the dark magic yeah, yeah. that involves like human parts. So there's that really dark plot. And then, but everything else is so light. And the way that he, she, the way that he leads up to the abduction and how she finds him, I was really expecting this sort of true detective-y grim. Yeah. She's going to get to the witch doctor and it's going to be gory. And the lead up is very dark and, and oh, scary. Actually, I was disturbed very, by yeah, it. D- disturbing, yeah, genuinely. Very disturbing. But then it just sort of wraps up real quick and it's like, okay, wait a minute. This is a little too easy. You don't even see the witch doctor. No, he's away. He's away. Town. Fortunately, thank God. <laughs> um, and the kid's fine. And yeah. that's a spo- I'm sorry to spoil it, but like the joy of these books is not <laughs> the mystery because there really aren't these complex mysteries you're trying to untangle. Like, I mean, what I enjoy about mystery novels myself is the challenge. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I'm challenged to solve the mystery, and there's a bit of a competition I'm, I'm you know, you know, playing in my mind while I'm reading a cozy mystery, which is can I figure it out before the author reveals it? And that's, to me, part of the fun of reading these books. Yeah, I was I was actually laughing a little bit at points because she finds, or her love interest finds this little pouch containing the bone of a child. Right. Which she, you know, is confirmed by a forensic analysis doctor or someone. And then she goes and solves little mini cases while being in possession of this child bone, you think yeah. that would take precedence? No, it doesn't. <laughs> Just going about her day, shopping at the center mall. I really thought the last end, like the the last portion of the book, would just be about that. Me too. But then all of a sudden, we're solving a mystery about twins who are Do- doctors. doctors. Yeah, like it's, yeah, it's weird. That was a yeah. The, the pacing was a bit weird, and and that was such a dark and serious, but like true crime feeling <laughs> yeah. part of the novel. That then sort of ends up feeling as sort of written off as the rest of the mysteries. And it, honestly, it really troubled me. I had cozy mysteries do not give me nightmares typically, but I was scared. This one did. And I, I think you're going to laugh at me when I say that, but I have to put some context into it. So while I was finishing the book, um, I had seen The Killing of a Sacred Deer, um, which is the. Uh, the same guy who did the lobster, Yorgos Lanthimos, that's his mm-hmm. name. We saw it together, right? Yeah, we saw the lobster together. Yeah. And his if you've never seen a movie by Lanthimos, um, his movies are very dreamlike themselves. Like, the, the dialogue is really stilted. The world they're set in is not real. Like, there's always something a little off or crazy about it. People just don't act naturally. And it feels like you're sort of in his dream. Like, it feels like a dreamscape. Mm-hmm. Like, things seem familiar, but everything's a little off and the killing of a sacred deer has really graphic imagery around actually maybe graphics not even haunting it's kind of it's very bloody but with uh, directed toward children Mm. and so seeing that movie that night getting to before i it i got gotten to the point where the witch doctor story was kind of written off i was still like oh my god this is a true detective-y type thing I woke up in the middle of the night, like having this nightmare where I was abducted by a witch doctor, and yeah, all the all the bloody imagery from the killing of a sacred deer, like was part of that, and it it was just this perfect storm of nightmare fuel. Jesus Christ! From that movie in this book, and I couldn't. I woke up and I was awake for three hours. I had to finish the book. I actually finished the book that night because I couldn't fall asleep. So, first of all, 
don't watch that movie and then read something disturbing. I would I actually I would still recommend the movie, um, but it is a lot. I feel like it's not given credit for how disturbing it is mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the stuff I've been reading about it. It's very disturbing. I, I found it to be like deceptively um, dark. Like, it, I mean, people are not saying that it's a, like a fun movie or anything about, like like that, but it's not like the lobster where you go in and sort of like amusing. Mm-hmm. It's not, it has funny parts because it's so absurd. Has, the way that the actors are directed to give dialogue is so absurd. Um, but yeah scary well the way they set up that abduction was also pretty terrifying it was a slow burn this little kid walking out and yeah by himself and these men in a van approach him and thinks he's being taken home that does not happen but it's not as bad as you think apparently he was just helping take care of cattle yeah i thought he was gruesomely murdered right no (laughs) it's it's, not i mean it's it's a relief when you realize nothing bad happened to the child and he doesn't even have a finger missing (laughs) But also sort of like, well, what happened to that kid that has his finger missing? That's still, I was wondering. That's still bad. Yeah, and and, and no one got punished. Like the witch doctor is still out there. So, Well, I one thing that really did stand out to me and I continue to be interested in reading these books because of it is just her strong personality. Mm-hmm. She is a single lady. Well, we don't know going forward at, towards the end if she will remain a single lady. But she's a strong, independent, single lady that, you know, repeatedly says how she doesn't need anyone. And she proves it time and time again. She really doesn't need anybody. She No. She, re- she rejects a lot of suitors. Yeah, she rejects a lot of suitors. Um, she's, like you mentioned, Matt, she's very, very confident. And although the other female leaves we've read are confident, I don't think they have the same confidence and strength as Mom, Ma. Ma. Ma Ramawatsui. Ramatsway. Ramatsway. I don't know why I can't say it. It's too much for me. Um, but yeah, I think that's a, a, a shining point of the book. Yeah. It, they are very cozy. Like the the food and it's optimistic. His writing is really optimistic. Yeah. I mean, even in that interview I watched where he was talking about his own books and the guy who directs the age charity that Smith has been associated with... Um, and and when he was spending time in Botswana, would volunteer at that that orphanage, was saying that at the time, because this was an interview quite a while ago, was that people read these because they want an escape from news about the Iraq War, mm, which okay. was kind of like, you know, what was happening when this interview was happening. And it made me think about how the cozy genre thrives in traumatic times. Mm-hmm. And I think even reflected into why this podcast is happening right now. I I, I don't know. I feel like this is a genre that when things are happening in the world that are extremely upsetting, Mm -hmm. people need some sort of thing to center them and remind themselves that there's good in the world. And I think these books are excellent at reminding you of just how lucky we all are all to be alive and to enjoy time alone and quiet spaces and reflection and Mm -hmm. all all that stuff that kind of is involved with like a, a simpler life and just reminding everyone of, uh, of that. So I, I, I like the books for, I don't know that the, they sort of inspire the reader to be more centered and be more grateful for what they have, you know, enjoy the little things in life. Yeah. I enjoyed reading it a lot and it, it was calming to me. I think to be honest, even better than the book, what is the HBO series that came out, I believe in 2008, it only lasted a season, 
oddly enough, I feel like I don't know how they were going to keep going because it seemed like each episode of the series is like one book. Mm. And so the pilot is actually a feature length movie of the first book. Like it is the entire first, but it's a two hour movie. I was like, oh, I'll check this out. I'll watch the pilot so I can talk about it. And I was like, oh my God, it's two hours. I did finish it though. It's really good. It's directed by Anthony Minghella, who directed The English Patient and Cold Mountain. My favorite growing up, The Talented Mr. Ripley. And, you know, he he died. Um, this is actually the last film he died. He, this is the last film he died on. This is, <laughs> this is his last film he directed before he died. Oh, um, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Uh, <laughs> well, you know... <laughs> <laughs> nice little fact i didn't know it <laughs> and um it stars jill scott anika noni rose david oyelowo and idris elba um and jill scott and david oyelowo are in particular amazing in this show i'll have to check it out i, I want to keep watching it really just for jill scott because she's so funny so natural she gave me like I haven't gotten cozy vibes from an actor that hard since Don French. The first time I saw Don French in Vicar of Dibley, wow. where I was like, this is home. And I'm watching Jill Scott be cozy as hell in the number one ladies detective agency. This is, it was, it's, I really loved her performance. But also David Oyelowo was amazing as like the Kremlin, that Lothario that she ends up kissing. Oh, God. He thrusts every line of dialogue. It is so over the top. It's like he's auditioning for Gomez Adams. <laughs> oh my god! It's something to see. Like check out. It's uh, if you have like now HBO I have Go to see it. or um, if you have an HBO subscription, it, you can watch it for free. With I mean, not for free. We have the subscription, but it's on there. That sounds so and, nice. And uh, just just watch it for him because he's really funny. So I I would recommend that. And it's actually like even even if you just watch the pilot, it's like a movie in and of itself. You don't even need to need to keep watching it for the show. So yeah, so check that out. There is there is that HBO series. I don't know why it didn't go to a second season. Just didn't Maybe happen. Maybe it's like you said, the pacing. Yeah. I think it'd be great if the series actually mirrored the book. And the yeah, that's what I was vignettes. expecting. Yeah, like the vignettes and just the slower pace. But it really was just... Here it all is. Tearing through everything. <laughs> it just did it all in, in, one, in one episode. So yeah. Any other final thoughts about the number one ladies detective agency? There was a lot of moments of humor too yeah. in it. That was I didn't get to mention. It was there were some funny parts. Um, she just is a strong female character, which is always needed, and I appreciate that. I think that's pretty much it. And thank you to not Jane Bond for bringing it to our attention. Yeah. I feel like I learned a lot about Botswana. That's what I was gonna say. I I, I googled a lot of things, yeah. and you know, I looked into a lot of stuff. Even the the Muti mm -hmm. and. All that. Of course, he looked up the Muti. Of course, <laughs> the, the dark magic is. is Jillian's probably going to get her own like a child finger to no. practice Which witchcraft doctor, on. Yeah, and have uh, a nightmare about him. Yeah. <laughs> Any thoughts for you? Final thought? Yeah, that, well, that part felt like something that Keith Morrison would would Go cover. Ahead. I was like, when I was reading that, I was like, Jillian's loving this segment of the I book. Must. That's like yeah, the that's the Dateline well. backdrop to the whole thing. Yeah. It has, it has it all. It has the, the Dateline mysteries, and it has the cute things that I like. Mm -hmm. So you can, go, you can go dark and light with, with the mysteries in this novel. All right. So I guess that brings us to Celebrities That Calm Us. Mm -hmm. What we discussed this week on Celebrities That Calm Us. Julian, which celebrity is calming you this week? Um, it might 
be a little bit of a controversial pick. Oh, as, no. As usual. Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> oh, yes. He just <laughs> warms my soul. Um, Hugh Grant. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know that he's had a little bit of a sordid past. Mm-hmm. And I, obviously his personal life is very different than the roles that he chooses. But all the roles that he takes on are extremely cozy. Yeah. When I was little, I loved that movie, Mickey Blue Eyes. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh, have I seen it? My boyfriend's chief complaint about me probably is that I quote Mickey Blue Eyes far too often. I know it's probably offensive to Italian Americans. Uh, I mean, come on. It's really a cute little movie, in my opinion. And I think it's great. Forget about it. Yeah, his That's attempt so to do a t- an Italian accent it's is so cute. I love Italian American accent is ridiculous. Yeah, get the hair out of here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's actually a really accurate impression. It is. That's uh, really good. Aww, I've so trained cute. to be a Mickey Blue Eyes impressionist. Yeah, that's really my passion We're in life. Do a live is to reading. yeah, is to <laughs> quote Mickey Blue Eyes. I, that's what a of all the Hugh Grant films to bring up. I'm I'm both surprised and so happy that that's the one that you're citing i love that movie um yeah he's just always very cozy and as listeners know we finished our poll for our christmas movie yes um and we're going to be watching love actually and uh, white christmas right um so i saw hugh and love actually when i was watching it this week in preparation and he's just always he's just a cozy little guy he, he comes across as very charming and and he's also willing to poke fun at himself oh yeah like he's he's dancing around like an idiot in that movie Mm -hmm. and so he's not too precious and that's always cozy and fun yeah so i like him a lot that's a good choice my cozy celebrity this week is ted danson oh i love him i was he was on my mind because i i love the good place on nbc me too and his little bow ties and suits on that show in and of themselves make him one of the coziest men around but he's just so funny and comforting and I don't know. He just, I feel like I'm drawn to stability and I feel like Ted Danson is a very stable Agree. figure. He's always been, he's always working and he's thinking he's been underrated all this time. Yes. And he's finally getting his due. I first thing, um, I really enjoyed his performances and in uh, Becker. Curb, well, <laughs> in Curb Your Enthusiasm. He, I just, I always loved his role. Now I know you're not a fan of that show. Uh, or Larry Deeb in general, but I really liked Ted Danson in that series. Wait, I like that show. I thought you didn't like that no, show. No, I like that show. I, w- I, w- I was just always surprised that you thought Larry David was himself cozy. I don't know. Because I feel like the, the <laughs> premise for that cozy. show is that he is a mess who's not cozy and he's always making mistakes. That's what's cozy about him. Okay, whatever, Julian. With <laughs> <laughs> well, Ted Danson's in Curb Enthusiasm? Yeah, he makes a few appearances. It's been a while since I watched it. That was that was one of the huge mistakes of my life is I bought the entire box set on Amazon because it was so cheap. And then I they just sat in their packaging. What a waste. Yeah. No one needs to know about that, but there you go. That was a good choice. Secret shame of mine I'm sharing on the air. I don't even know where those DVDs are. I, where are the DVDs I bought? I, I was at my mom's place, you know, last Christmas, and they were just all in a box underneath the bed. I don't even have a device that can play DVDs I anymore. I can't. Yeah, I don't. On your computer? I, I want someone to put them in some sort of digital format for me so I can watch them. Have you watched the new season? I haven't yet, no. I, I, I mean to. Yeah, I haven't either. I'm always a little bit hmm, unsure when the show comes back. So. Yeah. Well, when the comeback came back, that was great. So. Oh, yeah. I feel like when That's HBO shows come back, they tend to, because the creator has so much control 
they tend to at least preserve that quality. Mm-hmm. So That's a good point. I bet it'll be fine. Yeah, so Ted Danson, the good place. I guess that brings us to our candle review. Are we already at the end of this episode? Wow. That raced by. It, it really did. Yeah. So today we're burning. Okay, so this is exciting news, listeners. Target has unveiled the Hearth and Hand. I don't know how I feel about that title, but it's the Magnolia. I imagine a hand getting burned in a fireplace. That's yeah. what I'm imagining. Hearth and Hand. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't even understand it. I don't know why, but I just imagine a severed hand. And that's not cozy. But anyway, so it's the Chip and Joanna Gaines from HDTV's Fixer Upper. It's their line. Um, their target line. And now they have their own little special booth, essentially, in like every target across mm-hmm. the country. The first one I visited was in Culver City. The first one. I've gone to Target twice this week. And yeah, so the first Target say. I went to was in Culver City. And that was the first time I saw this where I got this candle. And they were giving out like these like sprigs of dried flowers to it was like very on point for this mm-hmm. display to all the women who are checking out the display only but the women only the women i guess they didn't think a man would want flowers that's sad well yeah you know that goes along that's the the sexist uh bent of target that goes along with their putting like women's hair care products and men's i don't know i i have an issue with dove because i like to use dove products and it's always in the women's section hmm. but i think men deserve to have soft smelling skin too but it doesn't have to smell like i don't know car fuel i like car fuel i I don't know there's like a way that like men's products smell that Mm -hmm. is great to a certain extent but like sometimes you just want kind of like a non-fragrant soft Mm -hmm. thing anyway also what's the deal with all the men products what's the deal (laughs) i'm launching into my stand-up comedy routine (laughs) what is the deal with all the like all these men's products are caffeine infused i never well well, you're on the aisle well let me tell you everything's caffeine infused and i don't get it just drink coffee. I don't need caffeine in my shampoo. Well, there's all these different trends. Like, yeah. oh, and all these trends. But the charcoal-activated stuff and yeah, charcoal, caffeine. Anyway, I'm sorry. I, I got us off topic. But Hearth and Hand, uh, Magnolia's line at Target, uh, they have a, ca- a bunch of candles you can buy. One of them is the balsam and spice candle, which we're experiencing right now. Um, it's a clean looking candle. It's, it's white and it has a, a pleasant wood. Yeah. I like lid. the aesthetic of it. It's very clean. The aesthetic is very clean. Everything there is very rustic and clean. Sometimes to the point of like, what is this? Like, I, I don't even know what I'm looking at, but I liked the look of it and it smelled great when you put it to your nose unlit. It smelled like a Christmas tree, which is what I wanted. It's like the perfect sort of neutral smell for the holiday season. But now that we're burning it and we're in a small space, I don't smell it. I, I don't smell. I just I thought once again I, I really have to get my sinuses checked out. I'm getting the, out, the, the lightest. I don't odor smell. And I had to it. put my nose almost into the flame. She to just get Jillian's nose is on fire right now. She had to bring it so close. <laughs> yeah. I I can't recommend this candle. I can't. There's nothing really special about it to be honest. Yeah. It just smells like any other spice. Yeah, like any kind of other candle. like Christmassy tree candle. It doesn't have a strong throw. It's again aside from it being attractive by itself but like you're paying 15 dollars for this candle That's like i want price if it can't fill up this closet yeah <laughs> what hope is there for my apartment yeah like a pass on this yeah i think n- no wicks for this yeah and That's you know how sad. much i love the games so That's sad. but maybe candles are just aren't their thing yeah they should keep their hearth in their hands out of candles <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh yeah don't skip these find some other christmas candle 
um, to burn this holiday season. I, I, w- I would advise against the hearth in hand with Magnolia candle line. All right. So that's that's it for today. Um, Jillian, did you have any final thoughts before uh, we wrapped up? No, thanks again to our listeners for being so active on social media. Yes, and before I forget, thank you to all the new five-star reviews we have. Mm. Um, I want to shout out KLBJ85, Vegan Amy, Not Jane Bond, again. Thank you Aww, for your five-star review. You. And uh, more recently, Tracy Dawn and Ka0028. <laughs> um, but genuinely, thank you for your kind words. Um Especially in the, I feel, I feel like we got some more because of my little like temper tantrum about the two star review. Oh, <laughs> so thank you for 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 going easy on me and uh, you know helping us feel better. So and thank you for joining the Facebook group. And and oh yeah, the Facebook group. So we have a Facebook group now, and that's actually really wonderful because it really we can actually hear from you guys there, and and you can you can post yourselves oh, yeah. and feel free to talk to each other. Just post it up, share cozy recipes cozy mysteries cozy books let's make this a place where we help each other feel cozy so if you haven't already please join the facebook group yeah i've already gotten some action on there yeah you can find it through the facebook page as a button to join the Mm -hmm. group and of course as always follow us on instagram um be like these wonderful people who left us five-star reviews and go to itunes and type in a a five-star review We, we always love to hear your feedback let us know if you like resentments or if you like being, us being grateful. That's, yeah, or any other topics that you yeah. like us to look into. Absolutely. Yeah, I guess I guess that does it for this week. Signing off. Signing off. We'll see you next time for our special Christmas episode. Good luck Christmas shopping. <laughs> Good luck. And stay cozy. Stay cozy.